Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Paul Marich, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I am joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott. Let's begin with a prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to have you with us today. And Father Stephen, today we're going to talk about a new book that you want to share a little more about and a great message, From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, Pastoral Strategies for an Apostolic Age, by Monsignor James Shea. And so, what is the main point of this book? The main point of this book, which I think is very important um, for our current time, is to help us to think about things we don't normally think about. And that is, what are really the foundations or underpinnings of the way we see the world mm-hmm. um, and how that has changed? Um, uh, Monsignor Shea points out that even back in 1974, uh, nearly 50 years ago, um, Bishop Fulton Sheen declared the end of Christendom. Mm. Christendom not meaning, you know, the, that, the, that the church is dying, but the cultural foundations, uh, a, cultural, a culture that has been based, at least in this country, uh, on Christianity in mm-hmm. cer- certain ways, has, has undergone a seismic shift mm-hmm. to, uh, to a very different, a very um, non-Christian, secular type of mindset. And, and so the point of the book is to recognize this um, and to think about what that means for how we engage our world, how we mm-hmm. see our world, and, and how we reach out to, to the world that we live in today. Mm-hmm. So one thing that the book talks about is having this you know, imaginative vision of a society. So what is, what is meant by imaginative vision? An imaginative vision, we might say, is, is a certain set of assumptions, a way of looking at things, uh, and what's key about an imaginative vision is that these assumptions are not argued about. They're just usually just taken for granted um, because of the nature of society. Like in our own culture in the United States, our imaginative vision, vision includes democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, most people wouldn't question uh, in the United States that democracy is a good form of government. It's something that's more assumed rather than rather than discussed. Well, most people, for example, um, wouldn't think of whether slavery is good or bad as something that's really, mm-hmm. you know, something debate. to be yeah. debated. It's not yeah. up for debate. You know, it's just kind of assumed that that's wrong. And, and of course, we're not saying that it's right. It isn't, you know, right. but but it is also true that that many in many societies um, that has not mm-hmm. been taken for granted. Right. You know, even in some some places in the world today. Mm-hmm. Right. So, 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 yeah, that an imaginative vision is really that set of principles that, that undergirds um, many things in a culture, uh, not only the way we, the way we um, act, mm-hmm. but also what we value, how our economy functions, how our political system functions, mm-hmm. 
but really in a larger sense, it's like how you see the world. Right. You know, two people can 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 see the same objective um, thing or, or act or or event and, and see it in two very different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so the imaginative vision, it's sort of like you might think it of, of it as like it's the set of glasses mm-hmm. by which you look at the world. Right. Yeah, you know, there's a thing we joke about either in the church or in religious life, you know, that's the way we've always done it, you know, right. that, exactly. how dangerous that could be if, if we sure. just get stuck into, uh, you know, a mentality of just because we've always done it this way, does it mean it, it's still going to work, you know, in the future? Right. right. And one, one thing Monsignor Bechet points out um, is that our educational system, you know, the idea of what, what would, what was supposed to be a liberal mm-hmm. education was to meant that you would understand, the student would understand what the principles of the culture are. Mm-hmm. You would at least recognize what they are, recognize where they come from, right. and be able to think about not just, you know, um, what I should do today, but, but the why, the deeper questions. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, in our, in, in our world today, um, people aren't really trained to even, lo- un- even be able to examine or even perceive what some of these principles are. Right. So, you know, you talk about some you know, elements in our own country, you know, as Americans, things we're used to, or even just, you know, how our economy or our society function. What about in the life of the church? Are there ways that we could see, you know, the society of the church in this imaginative vision? Right, right. And that's that's exactly his main uh, for, uh, focus of the book is, mm-hmm. is, is uh, the church presents uh, a unique way of, of seeing the world, unique pair of glasses. Mm-hmm. The church sees the world um, as, as a narrative, as created by God out of nothing. Uh, we, we see that, that the world was created to be good. We see also that because of our own uh, ancestors, our, our first parents, sin entered the world, that there is evil in, right. the, in the world, and, and that Christ came and to, to rescue us, to offer the path um, to return to life, and that God wills us um, to follow that path, and yet we're in the midst of, of, a, of a battle between forces uh, that are that are seen and also unseen, you know, mm-hmm. on on our way. So that's that's in summary, you know, a way of, of looking at the world. Um, but and 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 until you know maybe the early twentieth century, um, even though many people didn't necessarily believe in that vision, uh, didn't look at the world that way, at least. At least the, this was sort of embedded in some sense in the way that society worked, right. you know. Um, so, so, uh, so, but but the key to this book is that um, even in a culture that that no longer has these anchors, mm-hmm. nevertheless, the church still has a very important role right. to try to reach out. But but um, but we should acknowledge. The important thing he points out, we, we acknowledge that, as Bishop Fulton Sheen said in 1974, um, this culture really is not primarily founded any longer on those mm-hmm. principles. So that's going to change the way that we that we reach out. Right. Well, even looking at the title of this book, From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, I mean, isn't Christendom just another word for Christianity? That's that's an important question, and the answer is, is no. Because uh, some people think that, you know, uh, for the church— to shift from a Christendom mindset to an apostolic mission mindset, it means that somehow, you know, we're, we're going to change the content of the faith, or, mm-hmm. but absolutely not. Christendom refers, at least in this book, to a culture 
that is undergirded by Christian principles, mm -hmm. by Christian assumptions, right. by a Christian way of looking at the world. Um, Christianity uh, really is, is the truth that, that is given to us by Christ. That does not change. Christ right. is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It does not and will not change. Christendom is a result of Christianity. Right, right. Christendom, mm -hmm. we might say, is um, a culture that is at least partially uh, mm -hmm. informed by, shaped by, mm -hmm. uh, the principles of the Christian faith. Right. But Christianity is, Christianity endures whether the culture is a Christendom culture or not. Right. And, you know, we hear this so much today when we talk about, say, you know, Judeo-Christian principles, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, a Christian society. And, right. you know, many generations, you know, even if, even if people were not necessarily religious, Mm -hmm. Just because of a society that was founded on Christian principles that that formed and shaped the way we did things, the way we thought about things, the way mm -hmm. we acted from that. But really, what we're seeing now more and more is even even that, even if it, you could say it's the remnants of a a deep Christian society, mm -hmm. even that has been has been breaking apart and fading. And and you know where we need to see then this distinction between. Christianity, what we believe about Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God who became, mm -hmm. became man, he came to die for us and rose from the dead. He founded the church, but we, right. we can't be complacent or think everybody will just come along and, and believe that just because. Right, mm -hmm. right. And in a culture based on Christian principles, in other mm -hmm. words, in a Christendom culture, Monsignor mm -hmm. Shea points out, um, a preacher like, say, St. Vincent Ferrer, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. um, would be preaching to people, and it's always been true throughout, even when their culture has been Christendom, that doesn't, a Christendom culture doesn't mean that everyone is a faithful Christian by no means, right. not even a majority of the people mm -hmm. were. You know, and many of the saints pointed that out. There's always a need mm -hmm. to, uh, to preach. But someone like a St. Vincent Fair could, could preach to the people about, you know, the, the coming of Christ, you know, right. at the end of time. And it would sort of awaken in people something that was already there but dormant. Right. You know, they would they would be spurred on to to suddenly come back, into in, in touch with something that that they had known since they were young, but had perhaps drifted away from. Sure. You know, but but we're no longer in that in that in that in that place. There's mm -hmm. many people, you know, they don't even have those concepts. They never had that foundation right. in the first place. Right. You are listening to The Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Paul Marich, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott, and we're discussing a book, From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, by Monsignor James Shea. And you know, we just talked about, uh, in our, about what Christendom means and how it's distinct mm -hmm. from Christianity. Uh, so... You know, looking at perhaps the other aspect of the title, to apostolic mission, does a shift to apostolic mission mean a change in the structure or teaching of the church? Uh, no, it doesn't, and that's important as well. Mm -hmm. um, the, the the church's structure is 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 great. You know, that the church's teaching really is unchanging. Mm -hmm. um, what what he is what does change is is the way we engage with the world. Uh, we might say where kind of we, we put our resources. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he gives an example, <clears throat> it's a great example, Monsignor Shea speaks about, you know, how the church has been in an apostolic mission mm -hmm. stance before. Um, 
and he, he gives the example of the day of Pentecost. Mm. Imagine if you were there on the day of Pentecost. You know, think about how you would um, think about the world. Yeah. You know, you would be going out into. He writes this 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 great little summary. He said, "Okay, our agenda to bring the gospel of Christ to the world again. The day of the Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. The day this Holy Spirit has fallen." Okay, what are, the, what are our resources? Bishops, 11. Priests, same number. Deacons, none. Trained theologians, none. Religious orders, none. Seminarians, none. Seminaries, none. Christian believers, a few hundred. Countries with Christians in them, one. Church buildings, none. Schools and universities, none. Written gospels, none. Money, very little. Experience in foreign missions, none. Influential contacts in high places, next to none. Societal attitude toward us, ignorant, too hostile. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, mm -hmm. think of that, you know, right. like and realize that's what they were facing, right. you know. Uh, and in some sense, he points out that the culture that we're facing uh, is not that, ex you know, not right. that extreme, but it's certainly not a Christendom culture anymore. Right. So, so the stance of the church was not, okay, we've got to, uh, you know, we've got to put all of our resources into, into maintaining the things that we already have and to continuing to, uh, to, to, to continue to form succeeding generations of thousands and thousands of Christians. No, there, there were no, right. you know, there were no thousands and thousands of believers. There weren't, what, but a, a few hundred, you know, so, mm -hmm. so it's more just the way of how you engage and, and, and how you, how you direct, you know, mm -hmm. the people and, and, and the resources that you have. Right. You know, we say in the creed every week, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, you know, right. you know, with the four yeah. marks of the church. And we talk about that mark of apostolicity. You know, this was something, uh, the marks of the church was something very near and dear to my heart in my, in my mm -hmm. studies. And, you know, you can always look at different aspects of these marks, uh, mm -hmm. that they don't just mean... You know, one specific thing, and with apostolicity in particular, there is a structural aspect so mm -hmm. that Christ gave apostles. You know, you saw right. that there in, in your description. And we started with, there were 11 on Pentecost. <laughs> there right. is that structure that Christ yeah, gave that we still see in the life of the church with mm -hmm. apostolic succession, the pope, the bishops in union with him. Of course, pope being the successor of Peter, bishops mm -hmm. being successors of the apostles. But apostol apostolicity is not just something structural because right. at the heart of being apostolic and also of the word mission you know, right. you know they ha they actually have the same meaning they both mean being sent right, exactly. you know one who was sent and that was the thing those apostles on pentecost now alive with the holy spirit were sent you know so what about for all of us you know this this apostolic mission that just as the apostles were sent so we are sent mm -hmm. you know into our different places in society around us mm -hmm. right so you know when uh, in an apostolic mission mode, you know, if we want to look at ways how we're sent or where we're sent or what we're sent to do, you know, in does apostolic mission should it re be an outreach focused primarily on morality? That's a very good question too. Uh, Monsignor Shea points out that um, if you had a Christendom culture, you could uh, rely a lot on basic common moral principles, even people that weren't active Christians, they would mm -hmm. still have, be aware of, of, of the, you know, the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. what marriage really is, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, the, these basic moral foundations. But he said the, the difficulty now is that many people, they don't even see the world that way anymore. Yeah. So, so his, his view is that um, we need to go 
even more basic in the sense of, of describing the whole Christian narrative. Sometimes it's mm. called the kerygma. Mm. You know, the basic, um, in, in other words, you have to explain not just, you know, morals, which are, which are part of and, and, and come from the Christian narrative, but we have to, dis, we have to transmit the Christian narrative itself mm -hmm. because many people just, just don't understand. I, I heard a story from uh, a speaker recently who, who, uh, who pointed to a, 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 um, a place, uh, it, was a, it was a visit to a shrine and, and uh, he was there and there's a tour guide and was speaking about this is a place where people used to come and pray, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and a little boy, you know, pulls on his grandmother's sleeve and says, what, is, what does pray mean? Mm. You know, it's mm. like, the, it's like he, they don't even know. So, so, in, so in, a, in an apostolic mission mindset, morality doesn't change. It's absolutely important. Mm -hmm. But, but um, unlike a time in which you can sort of presume that the moral principles are there and they just right. have to be reawakened, it's more that we have to show... What's 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 the foundation on which the, these moral principles come from? You know, right. like if we're going to to point out, you know, this is a very good example for 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 today. You know, if we're to point out that abortion is mm -hmm. wrong, right. you know, we can't always presume that people believe that every every human person has a dignity inherent, right. you know, given by God. You know, we we can't presume that you know, like you have to you have to give more of the foundational narrative of, mm -hmm. of what it means to look at the world as a Christian. Right. You know, and what you pointed out, like on the day of Pentecost and, you know, those first followers of Jesus Christ, you know, not too different a situation living in the Roman Empire mm -hmm. and uh, what were considered the moral norms or customs of that time and where Christians were, you know, for some, you know, that, that saw them as a, there were some that saw Christianity as a threat to the, the, to the civic order, but for others, it just, these people seemed odd, because why won't they, you know, do certain practices that, say, the right. Romans took for granted, or, you know, that was just kind of accepted by society? Why are they being different? Why are they treating people, you know, their fellow brothers and sisters with dignity and not using them? You know, this, right. this is something that, from the very beginning, you know, it's, it's that fruit of our mm -hmm. belief in Jesus Christ, how we're going to act. Uh, but for a society that doesn't... Uh, that is just completely unaware, even that could seem foreign and, right. and why our witness is so important, you know? So what are, you know, looking at this, you know, the time now in which we live, you know, what are some of the unquestioned beliefs of our secular modern progressive way of seeing? Right. This is, and, and Monsignor Shea goes through this, uh, in his, in his book. And there are things that, um, many people today just sort of absorb almost by osmosis especially because many people haven't been trained to really examine in an educated way, you know, the very principles and foundations of our culture. They just sort of right. accept it. They absorb it. Mm -hmm. One of them is, it's, we might say, it's this, this sense of progress as being, you know, absolute and, and chronological mm -hmm. in the sense of if something, if something, uh, if something is different today, chronologically, than it was, say, 10, 20 years ago, it must therefore be an improvement over what happened before. Mm -hmm. You know, that might be true of a, of, of a, of a smartphone. Right. You know, the smartphone in 2023 20, is, is, is more advanced than one from 2013, you know. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily hold, if it comes to say, you know, what 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 the laws are about human life you right. know or what the laws are about marriage you know just because something happened you know 
more and more recently doesn't mean it's automatically progress. Right. You know, people, they'll, they'll take things in the technological world that things just keep progressing as time goes on, right. as, as knowledge increases, uh, and they just presume that that's something, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that comes back from the Enlightenment, but obviously that's, that's, not, that's not the Christian mindset. Another one is the denial of the fall, mm. you know. There's no sense in which um, there was at some time, you know, uh, uh, of, uh, a goodness in, in, in society that has, has been wounded, you know. The Christian vision uh, incorporates the fall of our first parents, right. you know. Right. Uh, something that was, the, and that there really is such a thing as sin and evil in the world. You know, they don't, they don't see that, you know. Um, another, another aspect of, of the current culture is, is just a, you know, a very materialistic view. And this is something he points out. I think this is very insightful. Uh, recent, recent surveys have shown that a, a surprising number of Catholics don't, don't say they believe in the true presence of Christ mm. in, the, in the Eucharist. Yeah. You know, and he points out that this could be, at least in part, not necessarily a crisis of faith or not necessarily poor catechesis, but really just, you know, the lack of a sacramental view of the world. Sure. You know, the Christian worldview incorporates, you know, not only what is seen, but what is unseen, mm-hmm. you know, um, in a, a, a materialistic mindset, which, which people can, can pull from their schools, you know, and from secular schools, secular media, all kinds of things, is that whatever you can observe empirically is simply all there is, yeah. you know. And, if, and if, you, if you just think that whatever you can see, or either with your own senses or, or with the aid of scientific instruments is all there is, then... Do you even have a category for the real presence of Christ right. after the priest, you know, says mm-hmm. prayers of consecration at Mass? Right. You know? And we see this with, you know, the Eucharistic revival that our bishops have called for is because mm-hmm. this has been a, a matter of great concern for our bishops. So why are sure. so many Catholics not believing in this, you know, central aspect of our faith? You know, mm-hmm. and so this desire for a revival in the Eucharist that's it will then hopefully also spur on, you know, the, the final year of the Eucharistic revival is a, is a year about sending, that after this, right. you know, this time of deepening our faith and devotion to the Eucharist, that, that the Catholic Christian will now go out to right. do this, you know, to do these, this mission. There's, we're sent, and that happens at every Mass. You know, what is, uh, in the Latin, it's ita misa es, misa That's mission. Right. You know, we get that same root word there. We're sent. One is sent mm-hmm. to go and proclaim Christ to be, and that's that's been the case since you know, the beginning of the church when the apostles right. were sent out. It's it's having Christ within and then going out. You know, what are, uh, you know, when we, we talk about going out and engaging the culture and, and spreading the gospel, uh, what are some possible strategies for evangelization in our present situation from an apostolic mission mindset? That's a good, that's a good question too. Um, Monsignor Shea points out a, a few things. One, one is uh, to think about witness. Um, when we think about the, uh, you know, how, how really how God has all, always changed and converted, um, you know, our, our world, it's been not so much about, about programs, but it's been about people. It's been about witness. He gives the example of Mother Teresa of Calcutta, now St. Teresa. Yeah. Yes. You know, she, you know, uh, in a culture... You know, in India, which was not predominantly Christian, right. you know, the radical witness of her life uh, and the life of her sisters uh, proved a real kind of 
stark contrast, you know, with, 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 with the way that many people were treating the poorest of the poor. And that, and that really won a lot of people over, you know, and she didn't need a program to do it, you know, and also she didn't really, she wasn't too concerned about fitting in, you know, mm-hmm. with, with society. I mean, she was very kind to people, but she really didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she went to a prayer breakfast, yeah. you know, famous, you know, with a, a former president and mm-hmm. spoke, spoke quite openly about how, mm-hmm. what a sad thing it is, you know, mm-hmm. when a society, you know, sees it as, yep. as a great mm-hmm. freedom to abort, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the youngest members of its society, you know, so, yeah. so that, that sense of, of, of witness of, of, of just showing, you know, by, by your life, um, you know, what it, what it means to be a follower of Christ. Um, and also, also he said, especially thinking about what will move the hearts of the young, you know, one, one, one way that we pick up our imaginative vision, the set of glasses is, is from the time we're young, how we, you know, how we see the world comes to us through our education, you know, through things we see in the media, through people we associate with. I know there's a lot of efforts these days in, in trying to reach out, uh, not only you know to children through having a good solid Catholic mm-hmm. education available, right. however it comes, but also to the parents of the children. Because at this point, we have parents that you know are themselves maybe one or more generations removed from any kind of truly you know Christian or Catholic practice. Many many efforts at catechesis are also the you know recently trying to reach out to the parents, you right. know, because they're the ones who will form the domestic church, and sure. if they aren't equipped, you know, to bring that imagine a vision of, of Christianity, you know, to their kids. Mm-hmm. They're certainly not going to get it anywhere else. Right. So uh, from Christendom to Apostolic Mission, Pastoral Strategies for an Apostolic Age from Monsignor James Shea. And uh, where can, who is our publisher on this book? It's published by the University of Mary. All right. Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's very easy to find. It's only about, it's just under 100 pages. It's not very long to read. It's a, it's a very important work that explains a lot about what's happening in the church and, and how we might as a church mm-hmm. really engage um, um, a very different kind of, of era. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Paul Marich, and I am a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I've been joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott. Let's end with prayer invoking the intercession of our Holy Father, St. Dominic. O light of the church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Yeah.